Welcome to the Wolf Whistle, the podcast that interviews and celebrates the former players of our great club, Wolverhampton Wanderers. Welcome to the Wolf Whistle. Welcome to the 57th edition of the Wolf Whistle podcast, the podcast which interviews and celebrates the former players of our great club. We, for the, actually, for the third week running, we are crossing the Atlantic and we are dialing in to San Diego, California, to a player from the 80s, Paul Dougherty, played for the Wolves between 1984 and 1987 after joining as an apprentice in 1982, made 47 appearances and scored five goals, but we all remember him as Pee-wee. So, Pee-wee, how are you? All right, Jason. Very good, very good. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me on. Hey, Paul, listen, this is one I've been looking forward to. And not only that, there's quite a few Wolves fans who obviously want to hear your story because it is very, very interesting for a lot of reasons, which we're going to go into. But I'm going to cast your mind back. Uh, not, it's actually not that long ago. Um, obviously, you got spotted by the Wolves and you became an apprentice in 1982. So it was really back to Leamington Spa, uh, where you was born, and how you actually got spotted as a young player. Yeah, well, um, there was a scout, uh, John Hanna, the late, great John Hanna, who uh, would go around looking for, for talent in the Coventry and Warwickshire area. Yeah. So I was from Leamington Spa. And um, he, he went to watch a, a Warwickshire game, county game, picked me up, asked me for come for a trial with the Wolves. So um, I said, oh, great, unbelievable, I'd love, love to. And we're going to get there. He goes, well, we'll, we'll just get to Molyneux. Uh, and uh, this so-and-so date. So I've got no transport. Well, <laughs> you know, I think I was 13 years old. Yeah. Um, he goes, anyway, I'll, I'll, well, I'll come and pick you up then from Coventry. So he travels 12 miles down to, to Leamington, uh, picks me up, drives 12 miles back past Coventry, drops and. uh and did that for, for, for literally months uh, while, he, while he was there. Great, great bloke. Do anything for you sort of thing. Yeah. So, uh, you know, basically, um, you know, after a while, they started giving out um, a little bit of money for, for expenses, travelling expenses. Yeah. So, um, so in the end, I said, John, look, this is, that's, that's, let, let me try and get my own way there. And my mum... Uh, let me go. I think I was still 13, maybe getting a bit close to 14. Um, so I'd take the train after school, straight after school, I'd run down the train station, get the train up to Birmingham, New Street, change onto Wolverhampton sometimes. I'd have to change sometimes, I wouldn't. Um, and then up to Mollyn. So twice a week since really the age of 14, um, I was doing that, did that all the time. You know, and, and, every Tuesday, every Thursday. Um, you, you got offered an apprenticeship. And did the old... Sorry, Paul. Yeah, uh, yeah. So then, you know, finally comes to the time, you know, just before he's 16, you know, they offered me an apprenticeship um, to go live there. So, which was great. And... and... Stay, uh, <laughs> Who was you... Yeah, go on. So, sorry, did you... Uh, the question I was going to get to... 
um, I mean, was it a shock when you was given an apprenticeship, or, or you know, did you expect to be given one? And then was you in digs in Wolverhampton, uh, Paul? You know, I I I, I was um, I was doing quite well there, and I'd played for the A team, which was not really what you know what normally you would do as a schoolboy. Yes, yeah. those those A team Saturday morning games are more for apprentices, yes. first and second year. Apprentices, and I was one of the few schoolboys that um, were playing. You know, even starting sometimes. Um, so I had, a, you know, had an inclination that 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 I would be taken on. Yes. Um, you know, and I don't was. You know, you you kind of get the idea when they you go to the Cosfords and the every every you know school holiday they do a week. You know, in the holidays. Another attend all those sort of thing. Um, so really, to be taken on, it, no, that wasn't that much of a shock. Um, if anything, it was more of a surprise when these other kids that you never see at these get-togethers, all of a sudden they come as apprentices. Yes. You know, you never hadn't seen them playing the, in the in, in the uh, the A team, and but the, you know they were coming from Ireland and Scotland, and 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 even from from northern parts of London sort of thing so um and what was interesting yeah. back then Paul was uh, look we'll talk about the club and, and the financial disarray that it got itself into you made your your debut in 1984 but there was giving youth players a chance wasn't there Paul y- yes so oh, my debut was um five games from the end of the division the, the old division one the top uh, division. Yes. Um, from the end of the season. Now, it was against uh, West Brom, so even better. <laughs> I mean, Paul, um, sorry to interrupt. Paul, sorry to interrupt. You made your yeah. debut. I mean, listen to this for the dream debut. It's at Molyneux. It's against West Bromwich Albion. It's in the top flight. Um, how did you hear about it, Paul? And how nervous was you? <laughs> what a great question, because. I didn't hear about it. I was the last person to know about it. Right. Uh, so, so the story goes is I was doing six weeks before that. They told me, um, Graham, um, Graham Hawkins had told me uh, because it was, it was six weeks uh, before the end of my two-year apprenticeship contract. Yeah. It told me you're too small. We're not going to take you on. So at that point, you, you you have a choice. You can just take let them pay you up, yeah, and go look for another club, or you can continue playing in the reserves. Yeah, or you stick team around. But but I did play in the reserves the whole time, um, and and put yourself on go and hopefully uh, some club will see and pick you up. Yeah. So I stayed on. I'd say ninety percent of people just leave then and there but you know I'd been at the club uh, for so long it was you know I, I didn't have anything to go to yes so it was it was a matter of alright I'll put my head down I'll try and I'll put me be on show and, and, and try and do my best and see see if I can get something so anyway um, six weeks later the um Graham Hawkins gets sacked because they were bottom of the, yes. you know, we were bottom of the division by a good while. Yeah. And actually, that game they had to win 
to and the, the following four games to that to win all of them to stay up. Yeah. Um. So basically, we knew we were down, right? I mean, the games before, I don't think they'd even won a home game the whole of the year. That you know, from from January onwards. Um. So it was it was uh, Jim Barron. So Hawkins gets fired. Jim Barron takes over, and Jim knew me from the reserves. He'd take the reserves sometimes. Um, so he puts me in. I was in good form in the reserves. I think through the game before that, scored the, the goal up in Grimsby. Um, and But I didn't know. I had no clue. I, 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 I'd really I had some interaction with the first team um, within that six weeks. But I was never... You know, when the team sheet goes up, you know, it wasn't like you go and check the team sheet to see if you were on the, the team sheet on the Friday to see if you're playing on the Saturday. Yeah. You pretty much knew. I, at that point, I, I thought it was just looking for another team. Um, so anyway, Friday comes. I don't check the team sheet. Um, I go home. So I, you report for the game an hour before kickoff. Yeah. Um, but this time... Hawkins had been fired. Jim had taken over. He wanted to do something a little bit before kickoff, so he wanted everybody in an hour and a half before kickoff. Yeah. So I never got the the memo on that. I I didn't I didn't know that. Um, so I think I woke up at some ridiculous hour the next uh, Saturday morning. Like it, it was even close to noon or something like that. <laughs> yeah. I get in, I go in there, and um, I. I arrived at the bus. I used to get the bus from Aldersley Stadium to um, to the ground. Yeah. So it drops me off near the near the um, stadium, the last stop, and uh, some guys meet me at the one of the scouts. Is meet me at the bus stop. Like, what the hell's going on here? You know. He says, "Come on, come on, hurry up, hurry up. What are you doing? You're late." And I said, "What do you mean I'm late? I still got you know 15 minutes before I'm supposed to be there." You know, and I was only in my suit. I wasn't expecting to play or anything. Of course. Just thought I was going to be, you know, at the game like you normally are, um, just watching the game. And it rushes me in it. And as soon as I get in the, the locker room, everybody's sitting down there. Um, he says, you know, fucking help me, what are you doing? And, you know, <laughs> sit down anyway. Um, so then he started, as soon as I sat down, they started the meeting. And then uh, he reads out the team sheet. <laughs> I'm on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm gobsmacked sitting there going, I'm in the first team. I mean, Paul, what's, what's, uh, what, what's really interesting, um, what's really interesting, Paul, with all of this is the fact that, you know, you've pretty much been told there's no future at the club for you. We'll talk about your height in a minute, five foot two, but you've been pretty much told mm. there's no future at the club for you. Um, you're then making your debut against West Brom in a first division fixture. Uh, you know, the dream debut, 13,000 at Molyneux. You played the remaining five games of that season. I mean, that is that is just a huge, huge match, isn't it, Paul, to be thrown into? Oh, well, the the thing is, I think Jim had done this on, on purpose because, you know, if you know about it, yes, then, you know. Got time to get you nervous. You may get nervous. Yeah. You get nervous. All right. So, first thing I wanted to do was make sure... My mum was was uh, 
Yeah. I'll get to the. She knew about it, and she'd known about it from the night before. So she knew no, about the. She knew no that you was playing before you did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it called her up the night before and says, "Oh, he's playing tomorrow." Uh, so my mum and my brother um, came up, watched the. Uh, were there. Yeah. And uh, he says, "It's all. It's all right. I've called. I've called her." Sort of thing. So uh, my 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 ritual was. It is always a shower, it's a cold shower before the game. Yeah. So that's me cold shower. And I'm buzzing, I think, Jesus Christ. <laughs> this is like, this is unbelievable. Yeah. Won the lottery, yes. You know? Um, I, was, I, was, I was still thinking, I better play well. I've got to get myself a contract. <laughs> yeah, of course. Well, Which is... that's the weird thing because you've almost resigned in your head to you're not going to be making it at Wolves and the chances are you might yeah. not make it as a professional yeah. footballer. Yeah. And then you're playing in the but first division. I was 17. Division. I was 17 and, and really, when you think about it, they'd already changed the mind, which I didn't know. Yes. That they, Well, actually, when Jim was making the the... the, the the decisions that changed kind of I'd played well enough in the reserves where they really now I think if I hadn't played they still would have given me a contract but I didn't know that so um, so anyway I, I, I thought so I thought to myself listen mate you got this is what you you know you're giving your life up for basically yes. um, go out just play your hardest just don't play with any fear. Yeah. Just go out, play your game. Don't give a, a toss about, yeah. you know, playing it safe and all that. Just play the game you're not, you know. Yeah. What, 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 the way I, I had been playing for practically the last six weeks. And, uh, you know, it, it, it turned out unbelievable. So so when it went out for kickoff, uh, just before kickoff, <laughs> it was so funny, the... the you know, over the newsstand, that the Steve Ball stand. Yeah, yeah. The, um, well, what was then the John there was Island fights going on? The, the West Brom fans were running at the Wolves fans. The Wolves fans, the cops were over there. Some fans came on the pitch, and there's me. Well, I was supposed to be warming up, you know, on the, kicking the ball around. Yeah. And uh, and I'm standing there looking at all, all the fights going on over there because it was like it was close to me. You know, it was it wasn't that far away. And I was like, oh come on, I better, I better get. Uh, get myself ready here scrapping right on the field and you never there's nothing like reserve team football is it you know of course complete opposite and that's the thing with 13,000 there yeah yeah but uh, but but I think it was you know um, so anyway um, we did the kick we go with the kick off and the referee looks around he starts counting the players you know they count the players yeah 11 there 11 there and he looks at me, and then he, he, I seen him. He counted again. I bet you he thought I was a mascot. He thought, "What's a bloody mascot doing on it?" So that's why he counted the second time. He said, oh no, he's not a mascot. He's the player. Oh you know my! I mean, I mean, Paul, with the greatest of respect, we had this. We had this chat just before our press record. Now, your nickname's Peewee, and. The, the obviously where that originates from is clearly your height. Now I I read somewhere you was five foot two, and I I thought that, that that's got to be wrong. Uh, listen, I'm six foot five, so uh, 
you know. Jesus. Uh, well, yeah. yeah. So I, I thought five foot two must be wrong, you know, because look, Wolves have mm. got Daniel Pedense and uh, Joe Matinho at the minute. I think they're five foot six and five foot seven respectively, and and you know, yeah. th- they're not the biggest guys. Five foot two. Um, I mean, I, I, we did speak about this as well. You you actually surprised that you you made it as a professional footballer because uh, to be fair, I don't know another footballer who's five foot two. Well, you always believe, right? And you always, but you can only believe if you knew you would work harder than the next guy. Yes. So that was always my thing. Everything that someone did, I had to do more. Yes. Okay. So I knew my disadvantages. Look, I'm not going to win many balls in the air. <laughs> this guy's fast. This guy's stronger, always going to be stronger than me, you know? Um, and I wasn't fast. I was fairly quick, uh, but I wasn't a good dribbler. I, I couldn't take players on like like Neto or Adama Troyori or someone like Nothing like that. Nothing yeah. like that. Um, but more like Moutinho. Yeah. Would just get the ball, pass the ball. Uh, was comfortable on the ball. Had a, a pretty good first touch. Yeah. Could pass the ball. Um, so... Um, I knew you, you kind of, as you, as you get older, you knew your kind of limits and yes. stuff like that. So I had to make up for for stuff, a lot, a lot of things in soccer, especially back in those days. And to be These honest, days are a little bit different. Paul, everything I've read about you, yeah. I was just going to say, everything I've read about you, people do say that you were a dexterous, hard-working midfielder, and on the basis that you had to make up for, like you said, for for, for your height, you have to be. Um, stronger and, and you know in other ways and and if if your game was winning the ball and you know passing the ball to a more creative player, obviously that was a strength you had to work to. Yeah, so um, I, I, the one thing I could do, I couldn't win a a, 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 a fifty ma- a fifty yard run. Yeah. I couldn't win a, a, a. I but I could run and run and run and run. Uh, and that's where I, the only sort of level where I felt like I could, my endurance yeah. and the speed I could get to and hustle and, and, and do things. Because, you know, I wasn't, you know, when you, you, when you lack a bit of speed, you know, you're not the best defense. You need speed to be a good, really good defender. Yes. So, and I wanted to be a too uh, good with the ball, but good without the ball also. Yeah. So, um, uh, so. We we used to back in um, pre-season. We used to do days uh, practice at Cosford, and then they did testing at Cosford, and then I think pre-season we did um, the, the 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 RAF did did like some scans on us. Yes. To see who was how fit you were. Yeah. You know, I think it was like near the end of pre, like a week before um, the start of the season after we'd gone. To all these runs and these hill runs, and it was kind of murder in those days. It was tough, tough, tough. Yes. Um, um, and they read out the results one time, and uh, uh, and I think Steve Pugh, which was another apprentice, he got ninety-two percent. Everybody else was in the eighties. Some people were actually in the thirty percent. That would be me. How fit you could possibly be, and he, he read out. He says one person's a hundred percent, 
and and that was me. So, you know, I'd gone gone in there going, Shh, I better, you know, I'd gone in there pretty fit because, you know, and just just work, you know, just work my socks off, and, and, basically to make up for everything I didn't have. And who give you the and, nickname? Uh, who give you the nickname Pee Wee Paul? And what, when you first oh, heard man. it, was you offended by it? Not at all. No. <laughs> Listen. I'm, uh, I know I'm short. I'm now ridiculously short, so it's it's a good laugh. It makes it makes people laugh. I mean, they laugh at me, laugh with me. I make, I take the you know, like the I take the mick out myself just as much. You, you got to do, you know. I mean, that, that, <laughs> so that's... it's all banter, you know, it, it, around with all the lads, and it's good, just good banter. I and, mean, and of course, stuff, it is. You know? and, and Paul, when like you said, you're making your debut, and you can see the ref counting. I mean, and thinking you was the mascot. I mean, actually, the mascot might have been taller than you that day. <laughs> That's right. Well, but the corner flag was taller than me. So um, the corner flag. What used to ha- yeah? So what used to happen in um, <sighs> on on Friday mornings practice? We play the reserves against the first team. Yeah. And they'd always say, "P, we take the corners, take the corners." All right, I take the corners on that side. I go on the other side take the corners from the left-hand side now, yeah. the opposite side, and I'd take them with my left foot. And um, so when the West Brom um, game came on, for some reason, and this goes back to like, yeah, I just ran over and took the corner. Yeah. I mean, we had Kenny Hibbert in the team. <laughs> hit a ball. Yeah. You know, he could strike a ball. Um, and it, I ran over. I, I don't know whether it went out closer to me than him but i just went over and took the corner so first corner goes in this is at the the south bank yeah uh so i swing it in boom uh they knock it out for another corner goes in because he he wanted them near post yes so i ran over uh second one with my right foot my good foot is my better foot should i say um swing that in another corner and by this time the crowd is gone is getting higher and higher because you can see that they're having trouble defending these corners yes so then i run over to the left side you know instead of someone that's closer to the left side taking it yeah oh you have to run over there and i take it with my left foot and then uh and then i, I think it was three corners eventually we took and i could just i mean it was it was such a, a like a rush wow i bet kenny you know, be, i bet kenny be going crazy you mean paul because he wants to take the corner <laughs> No, no, Kenny was great. That oh. I mean, yeah. First of all, he knew from I could hit a ball, strike a ball. Yes. Um, uh, and to be honest, he w- would have wanted me to do that just so to give you that confidence um, as a young man. Could the co- you know? It's yeah. great to see confidence in, in, a, yes. in a in a a young kid like that. You know, that would have been Kenny all over the uh, uh, shop sort of thing uh, that's a good point actually Paul because I remember my friend Dal Ridge when he made his debut um, afterwards it was Kenny Hibbert ringing the plaudits on match of the day and he was basically saying look if these players can take my shirt you know let them let them fight for it What what's very very interesting um, about you and your Wolves career Paul is um, that first season 83-84 sadly ended in relegation obviously you played the last five games nothing you could do the next season, 84, 85, 
You scored two in the first three games, uh, goals against Leeds and Man City. That season ended uh, in the second division, ended in relegation. The next season, 85-86, were in the third division, ended in relegation. And then it culminated in 86-87 in Division 4. So it's yourself and Jeff Palmer. I don't know if this... In fact, this is a great record, but probably unenviable the way it happened. You're the only two players in Wolves history, I believe, to have played for the club in all four divisions. Yeah, yeah. Well... I mean, I don't know if that's a good thing to have it, it, from my situation, but um, I mean, I think listen, listen. Jeff was getting older. I mean, I was still in my twenty. I was still always no more than twenty when we uh, played in the. And actually, I didn't play much. I didn't. It was a different type of football down in the the third and the fourth, the old third and fourth divisions back then. Yes. Um, it was. It, it was more like get the ball forward. Um, Midfield was not used as, as nearly as much. I mean, I remember balls, um, Alan Dodd would pass to me on the edge of the box and say, yeah, get on with that, get out of that. And, yeah. and you know, you go looking for the ball from a from a third division defender um, with more space on your, and time on your hands. Yes. And they wouldn't even look at you. They'd say, no, I've got to get the ball forward. I've got yeah. to launch this. I've got to get it out of... Get out of the way. So, um, and and I think from your it, point of view, Paul, what was quite difficult is every season that you played at the club, it was in a you was in a relegation dogfight. You know that that was yeah. the, the famous slide where we slid from the the first division to the fourth division in successive seasons. So every season you're up against it in a relegation battle. Now that that that's tough, isn't it, Paul? Yeah. So and that that last last season. So I mean that brings us to, to how I got. The, the, really, the rest of my season, the, the third division, the third division was was kind of crazy because yeah, I played I played centre midfield. Now we had um, Alan Ainsco and Andy King, who really were, was the cream of the that division. Yes, you know they played at a much higher level than that. You know, pretty much les, legends. Um, and what I was trying to say, saying to you is like. There was guys that wanted the ball. Yeah, you know, they didn't want to see it being launched uh, over their head time and time again. Yes. To um, you had to play through through that, which was a shame, really. You know, you've got to look back at the coaches and go, "You got two ball magicians there in midfield. Why aren't you using them? Why aren't you using them? Yep. Why not you? Well, we're not playing to the strength. Yes. Well, because everybody else in the in the division was knocking it sixty yards to, a, defense, should, yeah. to a forward who's trying to control the ball with some six foot guy kicking him from behind who was allowed in those days to kick him from behind and most of the time losing it half of the time, at least half of the time losing it. You know, um, but I mean, that, that, in the end, that's why they got frustrated and they left eventually. Um, so I could not get. Uh, 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 many games out of that season, that 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 third division season, um, and rightly so, they were much better players than me. Um, but, but I mean, I wouldn't have added anything to the, that they couldn't have added. You're quite right, though, I mean, Paul. I because you know, I'm looking through some of the players that you played with, and this this is what I'm quite fascinated by. So, obviously, at the start of your career, 
um, at, at Wolves, your first season, plays in the team, Jeff Palmer, Mel Eves, Kenny Hibbert. Um, and then, obviously, there was the slide down the divisions, and then you was there, 86-87, and we've got players like Steve Ball, Andy Much, Robbie Dennison, Andy Thompson. And do you know what? Until I did the research for this, I didn't realise the vast array of players you played with. And you're quite right in as much as I think the successive relegations meant we, we just adapted our style of football to, to long balls and to kick it and to get out of danger and mm -hmm. to try and play our way out of it. And, it. and it didn't quite work. And the managers, once again, Jeff, uh, sorry, Graham Hawkins, it was that uh, it was actually it was Jim Barron that gave you debut. Tommy Doherty, then Sammy Chapman, Bill McGarry came back to manage the club in 85 when he was there, then Brian Little, then eventually Graham Turner. I mean, mm -hmm. you, you you played with so many players and under so many managers, Paul. It, it was a real time of disarray, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, at the end of the day, results is, is what keeps managers, which is kind of a shame in a way, because I think that, that third division team, because the pressure was, was on for managers to keep the results, they didn't want to play the way... Maybe they didn't know, but I'm sure it was more maybe the way they didn't they didn't play the way we should have played because it was too pretty. And really, at those times, um, except for a team that I think Ozzy Idealize had um, at West Brom, there was no teams that played. There was no Pep Guardiola's coaches that we had that had the the nerve to go. No, this is what how we're going to play. Don't matter what the rest of the the team. Is going to play, yeah. But this is our strengths, strengths, and just play to our strengths, sort uh, of thing. Out of all these managers, Paul, um, once again, I think you had nearly one manager per game. But out of all these managers, yeah. which which one gave you most confidence in? Did you enjoy playing under, and which one was probably? And you can say it now. Which one didn't you enjoy playing under? Um. Well, I mean, oh. I, I, to be fair, I'd say Jim Barron was the best coach. And now I'm not just saying that just because he gave me my debut. Yeah. Um, he he went a little bit deeper into the tactical things. Yes. Uh, so it made it clearer to, to, to understand it wasn't a general, um, oh, we've, got, we've got to get, it, get the ball out to the right. You know, okay, what the, how are we going to get the... Jim would explain to you, this is the way we're going to play to get it out to the right sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so I I'm co I coach now. I've been coaching um, since um, I, I stopped playing. Um, so what, almost almost 20 years ago. Um, so I, I kind of know it a little bit more from, from the coaching perspective. So... Um, you know, you, I think Jim always did a, a good job of let. If you had an ability, you had to use your ability. Yes. Okay. So basically, he was putting uh, square pegs into square holes. Yeah. Really, and I think, and, and, and you know, once we got to those lower leagues, uh, really, uh, you know. I, know, I, I won't go through really go through the coaches. I mean, I, Tommy Doherty was a legend of a coach. He was a legend I mean, of I a coach. I got on with him I, I great think, at the start. Uh, I think we Tommy. Uh, he, 
I was going to say, I think with Tommy Doherty, that was probably the most chaotic time at the club for a number of reasons, financially on and off the pitch. So did it did it feel like it was because, you know, I've heard all sorts of stories at training where you're wearing the old first team kits and there's not enough kit to go around and you're getting training. Oh, you man. know, Was it like that? Listen, oh, my God. You wouldn't believe it, mate. Well, well, well think about it. I'm five foot two, 130 <laughs> pounds. I'm wearing some rags from from a first team player. Nothing fit me. The, yeah. the, the, the long sleeve shirts, the elbows was was where my hands were when I put a long sleeve shirt on half the time. You know, oh, there was nothing that fit me. Even when I went to the first team, you couldn't get a um, a small. Yeah, everything was large, large or, or extra large. So I used to roll when I used to get my socks. I mean, something not socks. Well, socks I used to roll over and over and over. But my shorts, I'd have to roll over and over and over, oh, just so God. they weren't going below my knees. You know, it was. And that was when, really, to be honest, uh, that was when shorts were tight as well, Paul. Yeah, yeah. So I would have been the only one wearing shorts the way they wear them today. Back in the day, if I just wore them normally, you know, I kind of wanted to talk about short sleeve shirts. I, I didn't. I never wore short sleeve shirts because everything short sleeve on me was long sleeve. You know, <laughs> it used to drown me. Oh um, my! It wasn't the same in the youth team because the youth team size you had the youth team sizes. So I two one size for the youth team and and then one size for for the the first team. So I mean, I mean, Paul, yeah. that, that was a question I was going to ask. Obviously, we know about the 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 the, the chaos on the pitch. Three successive relegations. Um, you know, the, the, mm. there was there was times when well, throughout that period, it was you know there was big problems financially. Did you ever have any problems with getting your wages, Paul? Was was they ever late? And and how much was you on actually? Interestingly, um, well, so I started on that that general uh, your apprentice wages, but I think they started off at twenty quid a week. Then you get your your housing and food paid for you. Yeah, twenty five. Actually, I think because they raised it five quid. I think the second year is on thirty quid a year. Yeah, and then I, I signed a, a three year deal. Which um, that's when I got in the first team and started the the start of the the old second division. Yes. And uh, and to be honest, it didn't go up that much. It was 150 quid. But when you take out the um, the, the you know your food, your, your accommodation, and your food, because um, you pay for, then you pay for that out of it. There wasn't much more. I mean, I wasn't. I didn't have a car until I was, you know. But but your uh, your Parents' bonus was a hundred quid. Yeah. So you really need, and then maybe it was something like twenty quid. To, I can't be sure, but something like twenty quid a win, or yeah, or, yeah. or ten ten quid a, a tie, or something like. But then more if you if you were in the top five. Something. Yes. And I yeah, believe so, I believe they used to have a crowd bonus as well. I I don't know. If, well, I don't know if we made any. <laughs> well, I can't remember seeing any of those in my wages. To be honest, Paul, um, yeah, that that was another one. I interviewed a player from the eighties, yeah. and he said there was a crowd bonus when it went over so many. But you're quite right, probably it, during I, that I know slide. There wasn't any. There wasn't any uh, goal bonuses. There wasn't any um, um, assist bonuses. Actually, yeah. there was a. There was a. You'd raise your wages if you made it to. When I got in the the team at. The, the Ireland under twenty ones have been sniffing around because my mum's Irish. Yes, 
and he says, "Well, if you get in the the, the, the Irish under twenty ones uh, and or the national team, yeah, you know you, your wages go up so much." But I didn't hit those. Right. I never did play for. I got a call up for the Canadian national team when and when I was over here when I was playing for the Canadian national team, but I wasn't Canadian. <laughs> uh, so, um, but I never did get that um, that do that well. And, um, and to, towards the back end, Paul of your Wolves career, it was obviously Graham Turner, I believe, that let you go. Um, mm. Now, could you see? <laughs> listen. After three successive relegations, you know, in the fourth division, when Graham Turner took over and signed your Bullies, your Mutchies, your Denisons, your Andy Thompsons, you, could you see the tide beginning to turn in as much as... Could you see how successful they go on to be and have these two successive promotions? Um, so that, that, that season when really t- Turner came in and started to, to turn it, so this, this is... Uh, uh, the story of that division is, for me at least, um, yes. I didn't play uh, up until, or if I did, it was a, maybe an s- occasional sub-appearance, up until um, after the Chorley um, replay disaster sort of yes. thing. because the Chorley and, and games think... were in the November, and that's right, I'm just looking now, and you actually played uh, from the December onwards. For four games, okay. the whole of December, actually. And then we had some decent results then, didn't we? started picking up some yes. good results. Yes, we did. Yeah, we did. And, and Bully started scoring. Yeah. yeah. And then we played um, Bournemouth, in the, who were top of the division above us. And we beat them 4-3 at home. I scored two and Bully scored two. Um, and then um, uh, Graham brings me in the, the office the next day. And... Uh, says to me, I don't want you to go to America. So I, I'd, previously, I, because I hadn't played in the team, I think it was under Brian Little, I, I'd said, look, um, Brian, uh, I don't seem like I'm in your plans. I'm, uh, and I'd rode away to America to a team in San Diego, the San Diego Soccers. Um, and he says, they said, come out for his trial. So I bought me my plane ticket. Um, I still had to the end of the season for me um, on my contract. And he says, no, no, you're free to go. Go ahead. And then I think Graham came in, replaced him. And then um, after a, a couple of weeks, you know, I don't travel with the team to, to, to Trawley or don't go to the away games. Aren't, aren't you the lucky one? He... What's that? <laughs> aren't you the lucky one not going to Trawley? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, he wasn't in the, in the 13. So, I mean, uh, I'm not in the picture. And then... I think after that, he, he, he maybe looked at it a little bit different. Um, yes. And then he, uh, and I, I think I might have gone to him and said, look, I'm going to America. So it's that, it was that bad for someone that he'd, he'd already said, no, go ahead, you can go. Um, that he'd gone, he tried out those players and he says, well, come on back in the team. And I think I kept my place for a, a few games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, until I left, but... And then he came in and says to me, I want you to stay. And I'm like, well, <laughs> it's, everything's been so, sorted out. I found out a lot of information on it by then. Um, and I said, no, I, I'm actually going to go, you know. Um, 
and really basically rip up the contract and, and, and give it a go, wing it. I mean, there was no guarantees. I actually paid my own fare to go over there. And I knew, so I knew uh, we used to play uh, five-a-side up in the um, in the gymnasium up at the old Molyneux by, yes. by the North Bank. That's going back a long, a long time. They knocked that down a long time ago. Um, loved it. Lo- I love that sort of it's quick. It's it's a lot of touches on the ball. It's a skillful game, um, and I thought it was going into something similar like that. And little did I know when I got there, um, um, it was it was like um, a, a, a ice hockey um, field with turf on top of it. Right. And back in those days, although QPR had turf, I, I'd never even played on turf. I'd never been oh, on turf. So- around like that yeah because you went over to america in 87 um yeah. so it was all so pretty much astroturf yeah it's yeah. all astroturf on top of you know in the stadium and the stadiums were packed for the games you know you get twelve thousand inside the atmosphere was unbelievable so now i'm now i've got a little sniff of this thinking that and it you couldn't go two different sides of the spectrum yeah then being at Wolves in a, in a third division game, sitting in the the the, the, the new stand or what is now Steve Ball stand, yeah, uh, listening to you can hear the players on on the stage, um, the, yeah. them being right up on top of you. Um, sometimes they play the music over there, and the crowd going there, and everyone's standing up, chit shouting and and whatnot, and, and the atmosphere is unbelievable. Um, and I went to a really really successful team. Um, so, I mean, as far as this decisions goes, I couldn't have landed on my feet any better. Well, I was going to say... I, at the end of the day, I thought I was going to get fired at the end of the season anyway. I mean, I mean, Paul, you know, your four years at Wolves were... I mean, you was long, you was there longer than four years, but your four years where you was in the first team, it was very, very chaotic. Like I said, three relegations. Mm. In the end, there's two stands open. Obviously, the Bradford fire in 1985 resulted in the, the, the closure of two stands. The club is changing. There's financial problems. So, and I believe you've lived in America ever since, haven't you, Paul? Yeah. So we came to San Diego, most beautiful place in the world. Better than Wolverhampton. Really is. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not when Wolves are winning. Oh yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, the the climate here is just ridiculous. It's t-shirts and flip flops. All the time, it's never too hot, never too cold. The beaches are beautiful. It's 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 a it's a city just on the coast, um, just north of the the Mexican border. I mean, people go to LA, but LA people come to San Diego when they want to go for a holiday. Yes. So it, it it really is like it's just like a paradise. I mean, people from Hawaii come here and, and- because they they they. Uh, they, they say it's better. And what's um, interesting, um, Paul, again, you've been in America since 1987. You, you've now made it your home. Um, not only did you play, obviously, full 11-a-side uh, football, I should say, you also played indoor football, which you said more <laughs> suited your height, but you actually ended up playing for about 17 or 18 clubs, didn't you? Yeah, so I, I when I got, got here, um, uh, you could play... Uh, um, eight months of an indoor season and then uh, you could go play three or four months 
for the outdoor season because yes. one was a summer and one was a mostly winter and stretched a little bit further. So that's what I used to do. I think I you know, got paid twice, basically. You got, um, even though you got paid year-round from your indoor club and it paid really, really well, you still get your, your extra on top of that by going and playing um, outdoor, which yeah. I enjoyed. But but sometimes I did go and play in Florida. I, like a typical English guy, go to Florida in the summer when it's 95 degrees yeah, um, and play outdoor soccer. Um, but uh, no, I've been a lot, a lot of clubs. Oh. Been all over the country playing, and and it was just an experience. Really, every time I didn't mind traveling and, and taking different. And a lot of those was I was at a club like San Diego for four, five years. In that time, we won four championships. Um, then went to off season. I went to a club. Then come back to San Diego to start the next next uh, season. So, yes. so if the, uh, yeah. So I didn't mind moving. I had no family. I came out here on my own. I didn't know a soul when I when I came out here. I came out here when I was twenty, and um, you know, you're used to being in pubs and bars and and stuff over in England. And then we there was no bar. You couldn't go out. There's there's no you had no. You had to have ID to go out. So I couldn't oh, cool. go to a pub. It's, it's then. still like that now in Florida, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well sort of strange when you've been going out you, you know it's never been the problem i used to go out you know probably as 15 years and never check your id and now 25 years later you can't go out <laughs> so some guy i had a friend of mine he says uh oh i'll take you to a a, a bar then i said because i said it's ridiculous you can't go out anywhere so um he takes me out and um we go to this place i've just got a weird vibe about this place and then uh I go into to the somewhere through through some room to a toilet, and you can see these guys kissing guys and girls kissing girls, and I'm like, it's taking me to this gay bar because I think they had like a different not a bar but a gay place, yeah, which had a, a disco going on. I don't think even they served alcohol, and so that was my uh, that was my uh, first introduction to like to, going out in to the, bars in America. Really in America. And are you married? Yeah, with, yeah. Are you married with kids now, Paul? So I've never been married. I've been with relationships with. No wonder you look so once, young. Uh, <laughs> well, I've got a young one right now. I've been living with her five years, and maybe that's in the not too distant future is, is, is getting married. But I never had any kids of my own. You know, I was super dedicated, and it was never starting a family was never really anything. But anything but playing. Football for a living was never an option for me. Wow! Um, I mean, and that, that, that so. is huge commitment. That is, and what another interesting statistic is um, after. So obviously, you left in '87. Then we had that fantastic season in '87, '88 promotion, and then we had the mm -hmm. promotion in '88, '89. And I believe you came back for a trial and played three reserve games in '89, '90. Yeah, yeah. Came back. I mean, I think the league that I was playing in was. It was tittering on, on on the brink of, of collapsing because the players' wages were so high and, and yes. Yeah. Uh, so I, I I was trying to basically see see what was was going to go on and I had I went to Wolves. Um, what originally happened? Did I went to Warsaw because Kenny Hibbert was manager over there? Yes, that's and right. And he asked yeah. me, yeah, and I played in a game and he offered me a contract. Then the money was ridiculously low. Yes. 
um, God bless him. I mean, he he's a great guy, and I would love to have played for him. But and he yeah. even said this to me. I know what you're making more in America. So of course, I had to refuse it. And, you know, I'd love to have played for him. Uh, and then I got a phone call over over the weekend, and someone says, "Oh, uh, there's someone. How come you didn't?" Someone called me and said, "How come you didn't uh, call Wolves when you got back?" I'm not sure. I didn't. I didn't really really think about it. He says, "Anyway, come down on Monday and we'll give you a month contract or something, and um, we'll take a look at you." And it was, uh, you know, Graham Turner again. So yeah. Fair play to the, fair play, yeah, fair play to the man. He, I mean, he he took me back and actually, really, Gary Pendry. First day, funny enough, Gary Pendry says. What did you go to America for? Basically, I broke the contract. Yeah. And I, I'm like, no, that's not really the, the, the true story. Yes. Is, you know, it was a lot go beyond that. I wasn't going to go be out of a contract at the end in six months and be out of a club. Yeah. Uh, if I didn't, you know, uh, if I had no insurance, it, if maybe if I'd have been offered a contract, um, an extension, I would have done it. And there's like today. So many players, if they're out of contract at the end of the season, they don't have a job. To you know, so I, t- to be honest, I Paul, what was the best option for me? With no, hindsight, with hindsight totally. going to America was the best thing you could have done, wasn't it? I couldn't, couldn't have done, couldn't have landed on my feet any better. To be honest with you, it's a great life out here. Yeah, people are healthy, happy. Um, yeah, you, you basically live on vacation. <laughs> my not, my, my well, normal week like now is. Or I go for a mountain bike, or go surf, or um, go coach soccer um, a few days a week. Also, um, sun every time you know you go outside, the weather's always nice. Nah, I mean, to, to, I mean, I, 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 you know, I envy someone that had a great career at the top. Yeah, no doubt. I mean. And and really, when you think Steve Ball and those guys, those guys are legends for how they took Steve and uh, and Tomo and um, Muchi and, and the rest of the guys for what they did. Because I was like, I was playing out, um, you know, we're practicing out here indoor in the sunshine uh, in the middle of winter because I went in. January, early January, yeah, and uh, and then I'm hearing that they're training on the blooming, on the on the on the on the the car park out car, the back, uh, car park, yeah, yeah, car, car park, park back of the North Bank, yeah, and then playing in front of four thousand on a weekend, and and we're you know twelve thousand a game sort of thing, and it's it's rocking sort of thing. It was like a different, ah, oh, co- uh, completely, world, completely, yeah, I mean, fun, but but. Uh, Paul, from from obviously you know your your time at Wolves. Um, is there a memory that you look back on? I mean, your debut clearly. Um, but is mm. there any other memories that you look back on with with real fondness? And is there one memory that that if you can look back on now in America, you think, wow, that that's a special that's a special moment. Um, I really look back on the, the people that sort of um had your back. Yeah, really. Um. You know, uh, Tim Flowers. You remember Tim Flowers? Yeah, the Tim Flowers, goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah, great, great lad. Dad used to help me uh, sometimes when I couldn't. He used to drive and pick me up. Um, P- 
people in the office were were, were great. Keith Pearson, yes, um, and and I hear Dot passed away she recently. Did. Yes, very recently. So That's very sad to hear. She was a yeah, she was a lovely, lovely lady. Um, just just the people that you met, you know. Um, <laughs> tell you one good story. My one of my best mates, Derek Ryan. Derek and, Ryan, um, who yeah. Yeah, you should get him on here. Yes, yes, we yeah. will get Derek on. Actually, I'll get his number after this, Paul. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I'll give it to yeah. um, um, What's his name? The old manager that came in. Bill McGarry? So start the, the sec. Yep. Bill McGarry. It, uh, one day I woke up uh, late and I got to the team. We were playing Reading on a, on a Tuesday night. Yeah, and uh, Reading were flying. We were we were near the bottom. Yeah, and I think it was in the. I think I may have been in the in the team, and they were they were like fourteen victories. There was some record they were on fourteen victories, fifteen victories in a row, and um, and I for some reason I didn't put my alarm on because we only had to be at the team dinner and then bus down to to Reading. Um, around i think we had to be noon or, or, or sometime like that some early afternoon yeah and i got to the team meeting late and he goes where were you and i goes sorry i slept in you know i didn't i was setting <laughs> me, me alarm i thought i'd be up and i was a good sleeper i slept in he goes unlucky son you're on the bench tonight so i'd been in the first team woke up even though it was like eight hours be seven hours before the kickoff yeah <laughs> he dropped me you was an american time but, weren't you <laughs> but um uh funny funny is we were going through a bad spell and they were going for a brilliant spell winning all, all these games in a row and then Derek ryan scores the only goal of the game and uh wins the game for us um next week next day in the papers it's uh, it's, it's record br breaker ryan i says Bloody, yeah. and this is the best thing bill gary ever did right <laughs> <laughs> flipping heck see i mean uh, what is it? Is it? What's it like now, um, Paul, to live in America and, and and look look at Wolves now and how they're doing? Because the club is, almost it's got to be completely unrecognisable from when you was a player. But you must look yeah, at it with yeah. great pride to think you played a part in the Wolves' history and to see them where they are today. Well, for sure, because listen, you know what? For so many years, you could you tell people. Oh, I played for Wolves. Yes. Okay. And they would go, oh, oh yeah. And really didn't know who Wolves were. Yes, of course. Because over, over here we get a lot of soccer, but most of it's just the top division. So when Wolves were at the, 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 the top flight, it was, you couldn't, nobody, you know, no one I would be coaching other kids would know sort of thing. But yes. now everybody knows them. You know, they put the name so much on the map now. It's been brilliant. So, I mean, for those fans who, who 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 just expect too much or expect them to be in the top five every year, listen, they're in the Premier and they're they're making them keeping their name for themselves. Oh. You know, Nuno's done such a great job over there. He's but look at the way he plays. I mean, he, I'd love to have played for for a, for a manager like that. I mean, to be honest, at five foot two, you'd have probably got in the side. <laughs> I don't know, not 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 in today's side. That I think that it's a different level than than even it was back in the, in the uh, back in the old first division team. Oh. Would, yeah, but to play with some of those players, 
I mean, we played against some good teams when I played in MLS. With, with we played against uh, AC Milan and uh, and 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 um, Graham Souness's um, Benfica played those teams, um, but uh, they are they are kind of a different level oh. above my my look, level of, of play. Look, Paul, as Wolves fans now, we're we're living the dream, and I know you're still a Wolves fan. She sent me a WhatsApp earlier, and you've got the new Wolves shirt. I I just want to obviously I've got to call time on the interview now, Paul, but I just want to thank you for playing your mm. part for the club during quite quite difficult times um but also i'm really proud of the fact that that you've you know you're one of the only two players to play in all four divisions for the club and whether whether that's good bad or indifferent you've done it actually paul and you've lived the dream so thank you for playing a part in wolf's history and thank you for coming on the podcast today yeah, and thanks, Jason. Thanks, thanks for promoting the Wolves, and uh, I enjoy listening to your podcast. So keep doing what you're doing, because I think all the Wolves fans appreciate what you do. Oh, Paul, that mean that means a lot, mate. That really means a lot. So, Pee Wee, thanks for your time today, and we hope to have you on again soon. Cheers, mate. Bye. Cheers, Paul.